Welcome to another episode of Living Scent, a missional podcast where we're talking about how do we live as Jesus followers in this world where we enjoy grace, embody love, and engage culture as we learn how to live scent. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited and thrilled that you'd be with us. You'd spend some time listening to our conversation and discussion, and uh, we're excited to be here. Uh, yeah. On my left is Uh-oh. Scott Taylor, the mm-hmm. one and the only. So, uh, hey, Scott, how's yep. it going? It's going good. Happy to be continuing our three-part conversation here. Awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. And Yvonne Chung, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Happy that it's a three-part conversation and not Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to listen to conversation number two to understand <laughs> that uh, we were talking I about... I mean, Star Wars is good, but... It's I, the most epic trilogy in the world. I just feel like they went too far, though, because it's not just one trilogy at this it's, point. It's a trilogy of trilogies. Yeah, that's a little too much. And listen, anytime you guys want to get together and talk about what a travesty, especially that third trilogy <laughs> ended up being, I could fill hours okay. of uh, podcast time. That is a different podcast. That's a different <laughs> podcast that uh, maybe we'll be starting pretty soon. Yeah. That I'm not going to be a part of. That Yvonne will just laugh at <laughs> no. us the mm-hmm. whole time. That's good. That she's good at that. I and prefer to go eat ice cream. <laughs> of course, over across the room is the lovely Vicky flipping toggles, pushing buttons. Thank Ayo. you, Vicky, for yeah, being here thank today. You, Vicky. Hey, so we are, as has been said, we are concluding our third episode in a trilogy talking about really the three distinctives of what we want to lean into and who we want to be here at Resonate Church. And we started talking about enjoying grace. We went to embodying love. And then finally, Yvonne, what's our last topic for today? It is engage culture. Engage culture, which we'll define in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just ask this question to the two of you. Yeah. When that phrase comes about, what, what goes through your mind? What, what pops up in your head? Engage culture. Yeah. Well, like before, I go to the Googs. Okay. And I, look up, I look up the verb uh-huh. engage, and it says occupy, attract, or involve someone's interest or attention or to participate or become involved in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when I think about that, I also think about, yeah, engaging an audience, engaging culture, getting engaged as in married. It's you are grabbing someone's attention in the, the biggest way and almost like bringing them to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love the participate or become involved in mm. too. Because there's a way where we want to be engaging, mm-hmm. but I think we're saying even more, we want to be engaged. We want to be, participate and become involved in what's taking place in our world, yeah. that we want to join into what's happening in our culture in a way where we become salt and light in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and that word culture comes from, or has the same root as cultivate which has the idea mm-hmm. of, of bringing things to life and, and uh, gathering them up and making them work. And, and I, when I think of culture and cultivate, I think of uh, kind of Bible nerd out, but I think of Genesis 2 where, mm-hmm. where God uh, mm-hmm. puts Adam and Eve in the garden and mm-hmm. he says, I want you to work the land, it's cultivated. I want you to, mm-hmm. I want, and literally, I want you to make it your own. I've created mm-hmm. it, but yeah. I want you to put your, your spin, your touch, your essence into it as well. Yeah. 
And so when we think about culture, we're thinking about all of the gathered human existence in where we live in, mm-hmm. in the East Bay mm-hmm. and and what we've produced to say, this is who we are. This is what we value. This is uh, our ideals. This is, what our, this is what our struggles are. And so when we say engage culture, we are attaching, we are going, we are going after, we are putting ourselves in the place of that which has been cultivated mm-hmm. in, yeah. the, in the place that we live. Yeah, it's sort of like the overlap of the Venn diagram. Because our East Bay world is creating culture, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, Silicon Valley, all, all of these things taking place, starting businesses. Like, there's so many ways where our cult, the North American culture, even really the East Bay is sort of a pinnacle of that, where they're, they're creating culture. And this is where the church, hey, if we're engaging and participating in culture, the Venn diagram actually does overlap on human flourishing. Like what, this is what we That's want right. to cultivate, to see something growing and become beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's actually some overlap there. So I know some churches, it's sort of like us versus the culture, mm-hmm. but I think a biblical framework is that, that word engaging we're, we're coming alongside. We want to be a part of human flourishing, maybe even more than the secular world. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And there's this cheesy sort of Christianese phrase that is used a lot to sort of encapsulate, engage culture, to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in an attempt to kind of go at this, uh, we either swing totally in the world, Mm -hmm. or we go to the other side and like, I'm super not of the world, Mm -hmm. you know? And- Yeah, resonate, we picked, uh, we have a different preposition. Because it's not in or mm-hmm. of. We have a different one. Yes. And we need to get clear and start using this. It's the prop- preposition is for. Mm-hmm. We're for the world. We're for the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's let's dig in um, before we get too far into the uh, into the discussion. Let's actually make sure that we're all on the same page. When you now, I've asked you what you think about it, but what what does it actually mean from a Christian perspective, from our perspective as a church? What yeah. does it mean to engage culture? Yeah. So, uh, like a summary too, we were talking about these three things: enjoying grace, embodying love, and engaging culture, and how they work together. Yeah, take us down the flow. Track. Okay, okay. Here comes some. Uh, I'm <laughs> quoting Miroslav Volf. He's a, a just brilliant guy talking about the mission of the church, and and he said. Uh, Christ's indwelling presence has freed us from exclusive orientation toward ourselves. Mm. So he's like, our normal state is to like be thinking about ourselves all the time. But Christ actually sets us free from that. And he says it opens us up in two directions. One is we're opened up toward God so we can receive good things in faith. We can receive more from him. And the second thing, it opens us up toward our neighbor to pass those on in love. Mm. And and this is the the idea of that those three enjoy, embody and engage are really articulating the, the same thing that this philosopher is saying, you know, that that because Christ changed us, now we can like receive more from God, mm-hmm. but it's never for us alone. Yeah. That God wants to like lavish us with his grace, but it's because through us he wants others to know. And so uh, it frees us to love our neighbor, to pass these good things that God's given us on to uh, the neighbor in love. Yeah, and in starting with enjoy grace, 
like we talked about in the past two episodes, that's the fuel. It's the fuel. Right? Mm -hmm. It starts yep. with the fuel, the thing that we respond to, the thing that powers us. And then embody love, how would you describe that? It's the skin on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like tangible, it's real. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's where that response comes in. And then in experience, experiencing the response to the fuel, there's this, and I want everyone to, mm -hmm. it's the engage part. Like mm -hmm. I want to bring everybody into this to, yeah. to be involved, to participate in it. Yep. So I, I like stories in the Bible. Luke 15 talks about the prodigal son mm. who goes away, right? It's actually a father who has two sons. Uh, but just thinking of the prodigal who goes off to the far country, um, is, ends up eating pig slop or longing to eat pig slop, comes to his senses, goes back home. And uh, as he comes home, he finds in Luke 15, Jesus tells the story, this father that's waiting for him. <laughs> the son tries an I'm sorry speech and the father doesn't even let him do mm -hmm. that. The father's like, put a robe on him, a ring on his hand, right? And so this is the, the enjoy grace is what the son is feeling as the father does it. The embodying love is like the cloak going on him. Mm -hmm. But but what would happen next? I imagine like, what does the son do the next day? He's like walking through town and his mind is blown. He's like, there's nobody like my father. There's nobody. Mm -hmm. He would want to walk up to every person in that town and say, have you met my father? Mm -hmm. Do you see what kind of amazing dad this is? Like this is, there's no one like him, right? And that's what I, when I think of engaging culture, there's something that's so transformative by this grace that we, we, it changes how we interact with everyone around us. Mm -hmm. Well, it definitely comes from the life of Jesus. I mean, you think of the stories of Jesus and his life. He was on, I mean, there's probably better ways to say it, but he was on the front line of engaging a culture, specifically his own, that he uh, is, was born into, but then also even some of the Gentiles that were around him, the Romans and soldiers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And their, or his, his, uh, his desire to meet the people where they were at, to love them, to uh, engage them, to show them a better way, to to point to the glory of his father was, I mean, it's it's clear this was, this was always his priority. This was yeah. always, he yeah. was not, I mean, the, maybe the best way to say it is he was not on this earth for himself. That's right. Yep. That everything about his life was to point people to the great mm -hmm. love and glory of his father. Yeah. And that's where if we don't start with the right fuel, mm -hmm. the fuel of grace leads us to be the, the idea of engaging culture is so that Jesus would be famous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we want God to be glorified. But if we start with an earning fuel, then we're going to engage culture for the need of that person. We're going to oh we've don't like we're we're really thinking of um, it becomes less fully orbed, I think. Um, and then it's on us to fix that issue. Yeah, it's that sort if of we just have enough initiatives and programs. Well, right. if you're a good enough person, mm -hmm. you'll work on it, right? Yeah. You'll you'll do it, right? And so there there, any time you have earning as a fuel it tends to either go shame or pride, mm. right? So, oh, I haven't done enough, you feel shame. Or, oh, I'm doing more than that other person. I'm really, really good, right? Yeah. Because the object is human-centered. Like mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is make much of people in some way. right? Um, but if the gospel, then we're like so transformed. We're like, have you seen my Jesus? <laughs> like we want you to know him. Mm. Um, so 
I can hear it in my own mind, and so I'm guessing that uh, people listening might be asking the same question. So in some ways, it might feel uh, – we talked about this last week where engaging – excuse me, enjoying grace and embodying love, there's, there's overlap there, and mm-hmm. sometimes they can feel – uh, similar, mm-hmm. but then there's also overlap. I think between embodying love and engaging mm-hmm. culture. So, yeah. could we just for a moment maybe be as specific as possible uh, as to what it looks like, what it actually looks like, mm-hmm. just to give some examples so people can say, "Oh, okay, I know what you mean. I, I get what you're talking about." What are some examples of engaging yeah. culture? There's two that jump in my mind right away, and. Um, one is like a bigger sort of systemic thought and the other is a very personal kind of oriented thought. And the, we should probably talk about both of them, (laughs) but, uh, the bigger one is like doing justice and mercy in Mm -hmm. in the world. And the Bible is not short on verses that talk about that hundreds of Mm -hmm. times in the old Testament. This is the heart of God. And it's almost like justice is the action and mercy is the posture. And he wants his people to actually be involved in cultivating this world and bringing justice here. Um, The Bible talks about it in terms of different quadrants of need, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the alien, or the poor. And um, so there's a way where the people of God would follow the heart of God into these actions where we're giving up of ourselves for the benefit of the vulnerable and the least. That's the big system one. The The second one is sort of the personal. Mm-hmm. And I think of that as like your relationships with your neighbor. Right. Right. Telling people about Jesus who don't yet know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or praying for them. Mm-hmm. Listening to them. Mm-hmm. Eating with them. Hmm. Serving them. Right. That that we're, we're actually engaged. Knowing that you are an agent of grace to engage the culture means, again, we're going yeah. back to it the way that they would participate in Jesus before they know him is through you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So without this thought, we'd be like, I'm going to have my neighbor over so we can talk about football. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but with this, it's like, I want to have my neighbor over cause I want him to know my, my heavenly father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually very purposeful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, does that mean don't talk about football? No, that, I mean, the, the absolutely mm-hmm. like building real friendships on yes. fun things is awesome. Mm-hmm. I say just be you, right? right? And so the things that interest you are going to be the ones that interest your neighbors or friends or people around. Uh, for me, we were on a swim team for a long time, mm. and we talked about swim stuff all the time. We talked about kids and family, mm-hmm. and the things that we actually liked became doorways into deeper conversations. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I love though, like I I want to uphold this sort of plan for all of our MC leaders and apprentices that I want this to live in us, that we think of the word bless, which begins with begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and story. And it's just a nice little roadmap to understand like, oh, how would I engage with a neighbor? What does that look like? Um, I hope we have so many more meals laughter around a table with acceptance with people that are like coworkers or neighbors or people that might be far away from God, but we run into them in our, in our everyday lives. Like straight up just becoming friends with people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in the late nineties, early two thousands, there was this missional movement. It was 
you guys may remember, it was called Friendship Evangelism. Do you remember that? It was, I don't know, there were books and stuff. Uh, maybe, nope. maybe, maybe this was a West Coast thing and you were still in Michigan. I, I no actually idea. don't know that either. You don't know that either? Maybe yeah, it's just my word. She's not yourself. old enough and I'm too old. So <laughs> I, no, I don't know. But it felt like, I remember pushing back against it and it felt like, uh, that you would go and you would make friends with people purely for the reason of sharing the gospel oh, with them. agenda. Yeah, yeah it was mm-hmm. very agenda-driven. It was mm-hmm. very kind of bait-and-switch, mm-hmm. you know, invite your neighbors over, and when they're not looking, start talking about Jesus, you yeah. know, and then they, they... Which, none of that ever went went well. But mm-hmm. I think what we're talking about, or what you're talking about, Scott, and what, what, what we're all talking about here is that... Instead, why not leverage the friendships and the relationships that we already have with people, whether it's on swim team or, or whatever it is, and care enough about the people yeah. to be a blessing, to be the aroma of Christ with those people, yeah. and, and let that love for them, which comes from being loved by, uh, by Jesus, mm-hmm. let that drive conversation, friendship, interaction. Yeah. I I think I would contribute that it's okay to have an agenda. We just need to have the right agenda. And the what you're talking about is an agenda where we're trying to get them to convert. Mm-hmm. Right? We want we want them to pray a prayer or go to church. And I think that it's okay to have an agenda, but that's the wrong agenda. I think the right agenda is we want them to see grace as beautiful, right? And so that's where in our real friendship and even ways that we're gracious to our neighbors or people around us, we're we're wanting the agenda is see how beautiful this grace that Mm -hmm. we're enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. So just as as we're talking about this, maybe people listening or even... I just kind of shared one myself in, in a way, but certainly having a uh, a goal and a vision of engaging culture is not going to be without mistakes or mm. problems yeah. or just ways that we have attempted this, and it has not. I don't mean, I don't mean you know we wanted to go and and pass out food to the homeless or we wanted to engage our friends with the gospel and they rejected the gospel. But I mean, times when we've we've attempted this and we have made mistakes, we have done it wrong. Um, why have why have we failed? How have we failed in this area in the past? Hmm. I know for me personally, it it comes out a lot in. I mean, we talked about agenda earlier, and I totally agree that it's okay to have an agenda, but it's about what agenda that is. And I think there's so much of me that thinks. It's on me, you know, in so many facets of my life, but in this too of, you know, it's on me to make sure that my one knows Jesus. Hmm. And and even in that, that's like um, making a soft landing or a pillow for what it really is, is like, I think that I have the ability to save this person hmm. and that it's on me to do that. <laughs> Um, and so when that happens, then I'll like force it in, I'll jam it in. Um, and I'll also feel bad about the, when I look back on the conversation and where I missed an opportunity and just be filled with guilt and shame because I missed the opportunity to save them Yeah. because I didn't 
talk about Jesus or I kind of like avoided talking about when they said, what did you do this weekend? And I don't talk at all about how I went to church and like heard this awesome message that changed my life. And I talked to my MC about it, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you're saying is inadvertently we take the gospel where Jesus is the only hero of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But we think as we share the gospel, we have to be the hero. Yep. <laughs> so, we, so we're not believing the gospel as we're trying to share the gospel, mm -hmm. ironically. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it comes out in other ways too, where I, there are just certain situations or people groups that I'm less familiar with, and when it's less familiarity, it also means more uncomfortable. And so the, because I love my own personal comfort, I don't want to rely on Christ to, to give me the ability to go beyond myself to, to take that step of discomfort towards someone. Mm -hmm. e maybe even in like one of the quadrants that Scott was talking about, whether that be the poor, the widow, the orphan, the alien, the marginalized. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah there's... Um three words that I really like uh, and in typical like pastor style they all have an L right <laughs> um, the first is listen right and to to be present and really think learning who the other person is right oh that's the second word listen learn mm -hmm. like uh, what's happening in in someone else's world what what pain where are they what past, what history, what's their story, right? Listen, learn, and lean. And I think lean gives like a posture of like, we care, like we, we're going to, we're going to come closer. If, if you have things, hurts and problems, we're not going to pull away. Oh, I don't want, you know, I'm going to back away. It's like that we move, we move toward it. And, um, I think it comes back to the, the fuel. If we're really receiving more grace from God ourselves, he makes us he changes us from people who don't have enough to people who have enough to share, right? So when I think about listening, um, there's some people where it's exhausting to listen to them, mm -hmm. right? And maybe mm -hmm. one lives on your street and you're like, oh no, I hope they don't talk to me when I, you know, <laughs> like there's something exhausting about that and yeah. the time and energy to pour out. If we're people who are in the not enough, I don't have enough phase, then we we can't love our neighbor in that way. But if God's filled us up so much to this point of overflowing, then we we can actually take that space and time to listen, mm -hmm. and and that's um, that's where the engagement happens. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to uh, I don't want to belabor this too much, but um, you know we were talking before the um, before the the podcast began, and. I wonder if we can answer this question. Mm -hmm. What keeps us? Mm -hmm. Like what puts the brakes on us to, that keeps us from engaging culture? Yeah, I think we can get into a lot of root things, but I think I wanna even touch on some of the non-root things just because I think people can relate to it. Like mm -hmm. I, I am always fearful of, there's a couple questions that I, don't want to have to get into because I don't have answers for them hmm. or yeah. I'm still wrestling. And there's always this idea of like, I'm supposed to have the answer to that. Sure. Like, what does the Bible say about fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. What does God say about this? And I'm so like predicting this 
horrible future in this conversation of it's going to go there in this one. And then in fear of that, I just don't even engage. Um, so I think that's that's a lot of how it is for me. Just like fear needing the needing to have the answers and like fear that it's going to go, quote unquote, like there. And then all of a sudden the friendship will just explode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think a fear that keeps us from engaging is we know if you look at our checkbook or our time, you'll realize, oh, we're not engaging culture much ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the truth will come out, you know. Um, I want to look like I really care for people who mm -hmm. are vulnerable. I want to talk like that, but how much time and resource and heart do I do I really put into that? And so I think we we in our own hearts are like, oh, I'm not what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Feeling the imposter syndrome. Yeah, we're imposter syndrome. So I'm going to just not engage. Mm -hmm. And it starts this cycle, right? Um, I, I think part of it, too, is we've I, – I don't want this to be true of Resonate, but I know it's true of me. It's mm -hmm. true of my life that I settle for a kind of discipleship where I enjoy grace a lot and I embody love, mm -hmm. but I don't I, – I'm okay not engaging. Like I'll just, it's like, we, we can just get to that later or maybe that'll be Put great it on the if back that burner. happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so brokenness in this world and, and the injustice and the lack of mercy in our mm -hmm. world, um, doesn't occupy a big enough space in my heart to warrant my energy. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's this great story told about Charles Spurgeon's church in, uh, um, in the late 1800s. And in that time, there were a lot of other churches in London that were fleeing the cities. Uh, mm -hmm. London at that time was just a, yeah, it was a, it was a dump. Um, and so the, a lot of other churches were fleeing the cities. They were going out to the countryside. They were, you know, f going to greener pastures, literally. And the city came to, I don't know if you guys know this story, but the city came to uh, Spurgeon and said, don't go. Yeah. Don't go if you leave uh the city will crumble because mm -hmm. you're feeding so many orphans you're taking mm -hmm. care of so yeah. many widows you're yeah. taking care you know at yeah. great mm -hmm. um at great cost mm -hmm. and I, I i i i in my mind i really want to go to the green pastures yeah <laughs> yeah i i would love to i, I prefer comfort mm -hmm. to my shame yeah. I prefer comfort. I, yeah. I, that cost is too great. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll send people, tell you what, we'll go and we'll send people in. Mm -hmm. We'll send money to help. But, but I don't think that's engaging. Yeah. And I, and I realized that probably the biggest reason why I don't engage is because I'd rather be more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we spent time really thinking of how Jesus engaged and the cost he freely paid to engage. And he did that for me. I'm the vulnerable. I'm the orphan. <laughs> and, and how much and how freely he gave, that's, that's the only thing that'll start to, to change us. Yeah. That's the only th way we go from not enough people to more than enough people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's transition. What, let's, say there's, let's say there's somebody in our MC. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's our MC. Yeah, that hearing this podcast, seeing you know coming in on a Sunday morning and <clears throat> hearing us talk about engaging culture, 
And there's a moment where that that person or that MC realizes this needs to be. I want this to be a priority yeah. because I'm I'm enjoying grace. We're growing and embodying love. This is the next piece of the puzzle, if mm-hmm. you will. How? What's the best way that a, a disciple or an MC can begin to engage culture if they're not already doing so? Yeah, I. That's why we have in the MC guide. And what we say are the five essentials of an MC. One of those is for the one. To think of those who don't yet know how good the grace of God is, right? They haven't tasted it yet. And um, even even just this weekend at, at our MC, we took time to say who who doesn't know the the love that God has, but they're in your life. Mm-hmm. And and what's their name? And then we paused and we prayed for them right there that they would that they would find out how much uh, how how patient God is with them how yeah. how much he's forgiven them um, but that is intentional on our uh, like sort of the DNA of like what do we want an MC to be and and that's really like the personal side of saying there we believe that God's put us where he has us and there are people in our lives that he wants us to be able to love and serve, and um, and I think praying for them is a is just a great start and a great step. Um, I think on the big side, there are there are programs that we've started at church, and I hope and pray we start more. Like we've we've got uh, our street ministry, we've got foster the city. These ways to engage in injustices in the world. And I think those programs are meant to build up our DNA, to expose us to what it's like to, like, there's actually a joy. Do you know the street ministry feels joy when mm-hmm. they go out? <laughs> like, like their hearts are filled as they pour themselves out on behalf mm-hmm. of the people who don't have homes, the poor in our city. They're actually experiencing more of God as they serve the least. Yeah. And, and we want everyone to get addicted to that. So we have some programs to sort of build that up. But I'd say in our MCs, there are probably some people in your MC who are serving in some way you don't know. Um, maybe there's someone who's doing prison ministry, and once a month they go to a prison and, mm-hmm. and just pray and talk to inmates and like look for what God's doing. And then maybe I'm like, what would happen if our MC said, "Hey, we're going to join you," yeah. <laughs> like in the very thing that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't heard anyone in your MC talk about these things or maybe they have all along and you haven't personally noticed which is totally fine I would even just throw the question out to your MC of hey what what are the things that when you're you just have a quiet moment to yourself you find that this thing burdens you and not that you need to come with a solution no mm-hmm. that's you right. don't have an answer for it but just what what are the things that just you find that it bothers you? Yeah. yeah. Even what are the things that tend to annoy you? And like yeah. let's let's walk down that yeah. together and, right. and keep asking why until we we hit that thing. Yeah. What if that was your MC and you asked that question? What what just burdens your heart? And then as a group, you spent even ten minutes a week praying when you meet you actually stop and pray for that thing. (laughs) Like, God, show us what you mean by this burden. God, show us more of your heart. God, awaken something in us so we can love more like you do. Just praying that prayer for, you know, a few months, I wonder what God would do. (laughs) I'll tell you a story. I remember when I was a youth pastor um, 
many, many years ago. Uh, there was a young girl who went to high school in San Lorenzo, and she was burdened for the for the, her fellow classmates, mm-hmm. and she desperately wanted to be able to share the gospel with them, but didn't know what to do, didn't know how to start, didn't know, and so we said, and she was the only girl from that school at our youth group, so we encouraged her to pray, and uh my my encouragement was to go home and pray. Mm. What she did was <laughs> she at lunchtime she would just pray in mm. the courtyard, yeah, and not make a big deal, just yeah. kind of to herself. Mm-hmm. And and her friends and people would see her, and they'd say, "Are you, you know Are you okay? Is something wrong?" Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm just praying, you know, just like that. And what ended up happening, long story short, is she began. People kept started coming to her and saying. Would you pray for me? <laughs> yeah. Would you? Uh-huh. What is? Who are you praying to? Tell me mm-hmm. why you pray. And and she began sharing Jesus with people, with uh, with the people who would come up and asked her. And what started uh, midway through her senior year in high school, by the end of the year, she had a whole host of of some were friends, some were not necessarily you know people that she already knew, who she was sharing Jesus with weekly. And all just because she went to the Lord and said, show me what to do. Tell me what to do. So I think this idea of, as, as you said, Yvonne, you know, as a youth, not as a youth group, sorry, <laughs> uh, as, a, as an MC, mm-hmm. hey, what has God put on our hearts? Can we, let's let's yeah. bring this to the Lord. Yeah. And what, what would God have us do? What, yeah. again, what relationships or, or context can we leverage that we already have that God can use uh, to to do great things mm-hmm. to help us engage. Yeah, it's assuming the work is His, not ours. There it mm-hmm. is. Right. It goes right back to oh, when I feel like the pressure's on me mm-hmm. to do it, I crumple under it. Right. But what if we just get to discover together how has God orchestrated this and what's He already doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe there's someone in your MC and they just signed up to be foster parents. I'm like, okay, you got it right there, <laughs> Boom. right there. Like maybe your missional community group could surround them and join them yeah. in that. Well, I am so appreciative of the discussion conversation. Um, you know, coming to the end of, of this, of, of this trilogy, I wonder if either of you just have any last words or thoughts before we um, come to an end. Yeah. I, I want so badly for us in our discipling work not to stop when we receive the gospel ourselves Mm. that um, he has blessed you to be a blessing and if we don't find this third category of engaging culture if we don't experience this we're missing out on the joy that we could have. There's right. a there. To, C.S. Lewis talks about um, like lovers complimenting one another, mm-hmm. and, and it's they're like talking. Oh, you're so beautiful! You're so beautiful! And he's like, it's not. It's not because they're trying to compliment one another. It's because there there's such joy in that relationship. They're they're actually delighting in each other, but that delight isn't really culminated. It's not constant. It's it, they have to they have to say it out loud. And when it co- comes out loud, there's like this 
the, the delight shared is greater than the delight stored in your heart. Mm-hmm. And the same is true with the gospel. The delight shared is greater. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like we, I, I'm not even sure. I'm like trying to think how strong of language are we emaciated disciples? If we keep it to ourselves mm-hmm. without sharing it, or are we not disciples at all? Mm. If we aren't sharing it, that his love is that beautiful. It is that enthralling that when we realize how he loves us, our our joy will increase as we share it. Yeah. I think the thing for me that comes to mind is as you pray and enter into taking a step to engage culture, you will be entering into something that costs you. You're mm. going to be entering into something painful um, because what we do with burdens is if we don't, if we can't fix it ourselves, we'll shove it on the shelf because it's too painful to have this open sore that is never going to be healed. Mm. And it's, it's exactly what you were saying, Scott, that if it's on, if it's on us, then yeah, all you can do is put it on the shelf mm-hmm. because there's no way you're going to fix that. Yeah. And so I think in, in the same way, the, the delight shared, it's also, the burden shared, like that's the perfect thing to do in MCs because there are people, there are things that burdens that I've given up hope for, like some of the ones in my life, certain people groups and situations, but some other sister in my group has prayed for me prayers that I mm. couldn't bring myself to pray. Yeah. And like vice versa, oh, wow. where I've gotten to pray <laughs> yes. for their burdens, you mm. know, and, 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 and so, and in so just offering those things to Christ and that, it makes the the pain bearable um, because you know that you're not the one ultimately carrying it. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the interconnection, enjoy grace, embody love. Mm-hmm. You're saying without people embodying love, I couldn't even, like I need their encouragement. I need their strengthening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'll say this as we close. These three um, directives, these three um, priorities are are not going to be achieved or figured out completely just by listening to this podcast. Nope. This is nope. These are things that we want to be growing in constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we will, by God's grace, mm-hmm. we will continue to grow in them because discipleship is a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. And so we're thankful for your participation. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Yvonne, for mm-hmm. yeah. uh, having a discussion with me today. Mm-hmm. Thankful for you listening. And our prayer is that as we continue to grow in these things, as the Lord continues to build us up, that we will grow in our ability and our joy in making disciples. Mm-hmm. So until Let's next time, thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.